Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Get Around Podcast for episode 167. My name is Jake Adam. Sit in the host chair, joined via FaceTime by my coworkers James Cook and Andrew Rosenthal. Another Monday. This is when the season is going to kick off and get busy. Yesterday was Selection Sunday for the NCAA. Today's when Hockey Regional starts for, Mich- for Michigan. Wrestling districts are on Wednesday. Districts for basketball start next week. We're about to kick straight into gear. Uh, I, I have to bring this up, though, because I'm extremely happy, but not extremely happy. And I want to ask you guys what you think about this. Michigan State gets into the tournament. Good. Right? They are now in a play-in game against UCLA as an 11 seed at 15-12 and 12, when they beat two one seeds and a two seed in the last two weeks. How in God's name are they a play-in how, how are they a play-in team when, like, say, Rutgers is another 11 seed at 15-11 and 11 and it didn't, didn't beat any of those teams? I don't know. They looked pretty bad in a few of their losses. I mean, they had some 30-point losses, dude. That was just to Iowa. There was one 30-point loss to Iowa. Who once again is another, another top-10 team. I think it is funny how Michigan State people went so uh, 180 degrees from just being thankful to getting in to being pissed off that they were playing. That's what I just said. I said, Whoop, we're good, <laughs> but but why why are we a playing? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. You can see some of the other teams that are in the tournament. It's like, okay. I don't Every- know. The teams that are in the play-in doesn't make sense. It's not actually not a punishment. I have a point to raise. Iowa was not Michigan State's only thirty-point loss. Rutgers was. Oh, that's 67, right. Sixty-seven, thirty-seven. That's right. I remember that game. That was like right <laughs> after the pause. I remember that game. Yeah, that was like, that was we, we were off. We were like, off. Is, we were like, off for like, three weeks. How was the bookies here? We were off just... for three weeks because of COVID, and then we came back and played a game. I can understand that that one was a little bit lopsided. But they anyways, scored twenty points in the first half, and then just. Oh, scored 17 in the second. They didn't do any better in either half. <laughs> but still, I'm talking about in the last couple of weeks. You know how March is. Anyways, my question is now, we, we had Andrew, is Kansas actually going to play in the tournament? I don't want to talk about that. You think? No? <laughs> yes? I actually Look, do I mean, they're trying. Look, they're, they're, they're playing landed in Indianapolis. So they're players in Indianapolis. Whether or not that means the Jayhawks are going to play in the tournament, I don't freaking know. I'm not the person to ask for it. I'm just asking if you have faith that it's going to happen. I don't have faith in much in anything in life, Jake. So, <laughs> you know what I have faith in is I'm that... just a I'm just a rolling pile of the world's ending, and I don't believe anything's going to be good. So that's wow. why I work in journalism. I'm that's <laughs> well, speaking of a good thing, uh, we have an extremely loaded episode today. Like way too loaded. Uh, we have a great interview with two Traverse City Central hockey players, Will Dawson and Ethan Vanderroost. We had an extended interview with those guys, so make sure you stick around for that. This week, as I mentioned, it kind of led the show. This is when it starts to get busy. Um, it's kind of crazy. We've had a lot of teams get hit with COVID. A lot of players get contact traced out of school outbreaks and everything like that. So it's been a very interesting couple of weeks, especially with trying to get in and get close to the playoffs. But as you'll hear from you know some of the athletes that we talked to later, James, we, we talked about this. The only way that teams are going to be able to make a deep playoff run from this point forward is to quarantine or become a bubble of their own because one slip up 10 days you're out of the playoffs it's over right yeah i had a i had a basketball coach text me over the weekend and asked if, if i thought that the postseason was actually going to be able to happen and i was i was i replied and i said you know if i'm a coach i'm having all my kids opt out of in-person learning and creating my own bubble and, and just doing that for the rest of the postseason as long as you're in we saw a bunch of teams do that in the fall um, some schools did that, uh, you know, Trevor City West, notably with the football and volleyball teams, did that, and some other schools did too. So I think you're going to see that as a 
a much bigger thing coming up this spring. Definitely. I mean, if you know, if you talk about some of these teams that we think have a good chance of making a very deep run, you have to go another. I mean, basketball finals are you know three and a half weeks from now. What are they? The ninth and the tenth of April. You know, so you're just short of just short of four weeks, or just you know just three weeks away. You got to stay. You you miss one person. You have one star go out. You know, I, I'm not trying to like you know you have you have your best player go out because of a contact tracing. It's over. You know, we've mm-hmm. seen how fast that can go. I mean, we've seen whole teams wiped out in an instant. Um, just over the last two weeks, and luckily enough, I mean, it's not not lucky that it happens to anybody, but luckily enough, it happened in time for them to get back in time for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Bane and Manton and Houghton Lake have have had to shut down their schools. You know, Charlevoix had that one day where they shut down the school and and had to move basketball games down the road because nobody they would, wouldn't play there at the school. And we've had all kinds of other schools moving games, canceling games. Um, Leland is missing half of its basketball team for like the last two weeks. They're finally going to be at full strength, I think, tomorrow um, again. But, uh, you know, so they took, I think, some uncharacteristic losses and kind of really dropped out of the Northwest title hunt because of that. So, I mean, it's something that's definitely been impacting this season, I think, more than maybe we thought it would. Yeah, especially it's, it's a lot. I think it's a bit more widespread than we thought. But if you really take a step back and you think about a school, say, like Leland or another smaller place, I mean, everybody interacts with everybody. It's a very small school. There's only, what, 120 maybe maximum kids? You know, you don't have a very – you don't have many degrees of separation between kids when they're actually in school. So it doesn't take very long for more than just one or two people off of any individual team to get yanked for an extended period of time. Yeah, it's, it is notable that, you know, the most of where these outbreaks are happening, where entire teams are getting put in quarantine for a week or two, you know, 10 days as the quarantine is now, is almost all happening at Class C and smaller schools. You're not seeing it at Traverse City West or Traverse City Central, or, you know, or, you know, Petoskey, anything like that. In, in general, you're seeing it happen at smaller schools like Mancelona and Manton and Leland, you know, in Sutton's Bay. And so I, I think that there is something to that of, you know, that the, it's a small school, so people interact a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, we have still been able to, go through this season nothing else is shut down you know regardless of you know for the first time i don't know if andrew if you ever got feedback from them but for the first time we saw in a press release from the health department of northwest michigan that they actually were saying that there were some outbreaks they were kind of like attributing to sports did you hear anything back from that i did not but from it makes sense that they're in the jurisdiction where all these sports teams that we've been hearing about is tied to it i mean they cover otsego antrim county uh charlevoix and emmett county which we know we've, we've, are, we've had at least a half dozen schools from those counties alone undergo COVID. Uh, I mean, if you put two and two together, Charlevoix, Petoskey, Gaylord. No, I mean, that's already enough that all three of those schools have gone through contact tracing and COVID issues at those schools. Um, but once again, that's the thing is that I've tried to tell coaches this is like, I'm pretty sure it's almost every school at this point has got had had something happen. Yeah, and I've been that's the other thing I've had coaches and athletic directors ask me is, you know, is this happening all over where you guys are, where you guys cover? Or is it, it just is. like, or like, is it just at our, in our conference? You know, Cause they were noticing that their conference was getting hit a lot. And they were like, is this just a local thing or is this happening all over? And I'm like, it's, it's all over. It's, these seem like the last three weeks has just exploded. Yeah. We're doing scheduling. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, we're not getting this game, this game, this game. Well, that's canceled. Well, that was canceled. Oh man, this is canceled. 
Um, we're going to this game. Not anymore. So it's definitely been weird, but we had a lot of stuff go on in the last week. We had a bunch of conference championships get decided last week. Regardless of people being out, we still persevered and got through the regular season in most of these sports so far. This is the last week of basketball. We got, Like I said, we got wrestling districts, hockey regionals this week. But I wanted to run through some of that stuff in the poll, so let's... Remind you real quick, this episode is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak, yeah. Let's put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world and get into the pulse. And we want to kind of run through all of these amazing conference championships that we have this season. Um, there's been plenty of really, really good competition. And there's still a couple that are up for grabs, which we'll get into after our interview with Will and Ethan from Traverse City Central. But let's go ahead and talk about some of those that have been decided. I guess we'll start off with our... Our guests and what team they had. It was just the Traverse City Central Trojans hockey team. 8-0 in the Big North Conference. Swept through it. And really, after you saw what they did to West, they, they knocked them out 7-1 for the McCullough Cup last Monday after we did our podcast. You know, back-to-back wins against them. And the only loss I think they have really on the season was against the Bay Reps. And then, uh, and then well, Saginaw then they Heritage. Then it just happened this past weekend. Second game of doubleheader, yeah, on Saturday. So they played... In the morning against Alpena, and then they played in the evening against the number five team in the state. And, uh, and that game was, I think, five to three. So it's not like they uh, they got blown out of the water or anything against uh, one of the best teams in the state. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, that they ran to that big North Conference title. We we're looking at them to make another really deep run, hopefully a Final Four run out of the Trojans this year. You'll hear more about that from those guys. We're not going to dwell too much on the the hockey because we we spent about a half hour with those guys here later in the episode. One that I want to talk about, and this is probably a couple that are the bigger news. You know, Mancelona boys, they tied with Galen St. Mary for a share of the Ski Valley title, which was the first in school history. Dealing with COVID at the end of the season, but they only had to play one round of games to decide the conference championship, and they tied with Galen St. Mary. I think it's Galen St. Mary's like 23rd in like 29 years or something like that. It's a lot for Galen St. Mary. <laughs> but Mancelona gets their first one. We know how good they've been. What do you attribute it to? Um, I mean... I'm surprised when I heard, when I had heard that when I covered the game over there in Mancelona a couple of weeks ago, I was kind of surprised when I heard somebody tell me that Mancelona has never won a boys basketball Ski Valley title. Um, I mean, because you know, four or five years ago they had Brandon Dingman, who was a kid who averaged like thirty a game, and you know they were a, they were a team won districts and stuff like that. And I'm like, really, that team never won a never won the Ski Valley. So I mean, it's just one of those things. But I was I was really surprised to hear that and and then i look up at the banner and i'm like uh yep that's like the banner is empty it's empty but i know Jaden alfred i when i when i talked to brian sheridan the coach over there i mean you can't help but give Jaden a lot of credit to of you know being a four-year varsity player and doing what he's done to try to help push mancelona to where they are um i mean we've talked about a dozen times in this podcast how good gilbert st mary is with conrad cordy and um brody jeffers and a couple of those guys who are just consistently um, you know, showing up on the stat sheet and have for a couple of years now. But Jaden Alford has been there this whole time, and the rest of the team has kind of formed around him and been able to bring them there. So, I mean, that's just a big congratulations to Mancelona. A share of the title or not, first one in school history is awesome. Mm-hmm. I still remember Bob DeLong calling in the first time that uh, Mancelona got upset by Joburg. He just was like, and Bob DeLong's obviously a stat guy for Yellow St. Mary. I think you can call him that. But he goes, the Flying Jadens have gone down. The Mancelona has lost to Joe Burke. Flying Jadens. Speaking of another... That's uh, a good way to call them. That's funny. Spe- speaking of another conference title and another, you know, pretty cool, timely accomplishment, 
the Brethren Bobcats boys basketball team won the West Michigan D-League for the second year in a row, and that is the first time they've done that since 1960. That big guy, Anthony Bacaria, made something possible, but there's a lot of other guys in that team that really pushed them to that. Uh, I think they actually got the number one seed in their district. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, yeah, they've got they've got uh, Bakaria, you know, who's a, a six foot eight, six nine guy in the middle, who's just unstoppable at the D four level. And uh, you know, and then they got some good players to go around him too, with you know, with the Kings and and some other good players that they have there. So I mean, Skyler, Skyler Wojciechowski. Wojciechowski. Yeah, they don't even spell his name out on the roster. I wonder why. That's the one that always gets everybody in the, the spelling bee here on the get around. Everybody just says Wojo. It makes it easier on us, too. On their own rosters, at their home games, it just says Wojo. <laughs> they probably say it over the PA like that, too. Yeah. And I guess I might be, it must be because I'm new to Northern Michigan, but I had no idea James Earl Jones went to Brethren High School until last week. Yeah, which is yeah. Another, that's another cool, awesome, fun fact. Yeah, they've got a nice little uh, kind of, I don't know. When shrine. Say, little shrine to James Earl Jones there in like a trophy case in the in the hallway at the school. I guess uh, I was working on a feature story for um, about like masks. People, like all these high schools in northern Michigan are making masks for some art center in Manistee area. And James Earl Jones made one for them. And they go, yeah, he went to Brethren. I'm like, cool. And I don't know that. Now, another, I mean, we're going to keep running these conference titles because there's so many of them here. Another big one, Grayling. I mean, it's kind of expected at this point. It's almost like Batoski's King, but Grayling winning their ninth straight Lake Michigan Conference wrestling title. I mean, that's a good streak for Grayling. I think that's probably their strongest, you know, strongest streak. <laughs> yeah, I would say most. Cons- it's been their most consistent sport on the conference level for the last decade. For sure. I've always had something there. We thought there. they were going to go to state for football, and they had a lot of the guys that are on that team. Yeah, maybe that we've always talked about the crossover between the two. Yeah, I mean, beating out Boyne City, being out St. Francis, I mean, consistently, Calcasco, all those guys who actually have some pretty decent wrestling teams. Nothing to scoff at. Nine years in a row for Grayling, so congratulations to the Vikings. Um, for the Big Norse Conference, both of those got wrapped up in basketball last week. Cadillac beat West, and Andrew, you were at that game. Cadillac, only the only loss they had in a few years was to West in that upset a few weeks ago. I mean, you, you actually got to see Cadillac in person, though, this year. Did they look like they, they were supposed to be the Big North Conference leaders? Well, I'll tell you this much. Molly Anderson's a whole lot more than her stat line is this year. I know last year her numbers just were a whole lot better. I mean, she was averaging like 15 points a game, something like that. And that was with McKenna Bryant. This year she's a point guard. She's like 5'10", plays like it's she's more like 6 feet. But, I mean, she's just an all-around good basketball player. And when she has a team to run, like, herself, you can clearly tell, like, it's her team. This is the offense she's comfortable running. So The way that the way that I looked at it was West was the only team, especially after beating them the first time, West was the only team that had anything close, probably, in the Big North Conference girls' race to, to take on Cadillac. But, like you said, with our record Eagle Player of the Year from last year, I'm kind of taking the reins of that team. I feel like they were that conference frontrunner from – from tape to tape, and we uh, expected that. On the other hand, Traverse City Central, the boys, they ended up taking the conference title. I'm not so sure any of us really expected that to start the season after losing Henry Goldcool, Peyton Smith, a couple of like their really big pieces last year. But, man, they haven't skipped a beat getting a new coach, losing Travis Shuba. Now they have Steven Draper. They haven't, they haven't skipped a beat, and they took that big North Conference crown 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't say with ease because they had some really close games. Petoskey was a really good team. West was a really good team. You know, that was that was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. But Central uh, was able to pull that one out almost, uh, you know, without without any really like scare to their to their supremacy. Well, Jake, that's the exact same story of the Traverse Central team last year, right? You lose Tobin Schwanicky and a whole bunch of other leading guys, and Henry kind of steps into that mix. They lost a couple games to start the year against Petoskey, Cadillac, and they had the loss in uh, Detroit to Lansing Everett. And they won, like, every game since then up until the district final with Marquette. That got canceled. But hopefully they're gonna, we're going to see them do the same run this year. One more, one more that we're going to talk about before we get into our interview, and that's another game that Andrew was at. He went to Glen Lake and Kingsley Boys on Friday. Kingsley was leading the, the Northwest Conference, and if they would have beaten Glen Lake on Friday, they basically would have wrapped it up. But that is not the case. Glen Lake takes the lead in the Northwest Conference after taking down Kingsley. I know that second half was all Lakers. This has probably been one of our closest conferences this year. James, you brought out the, the fact that Leland obviously kind of had to – take a back seat after some COVID issues, but did we start it off the year? Benzie Central looked like they were going to win the Northwest, and then you know Frankfurt pulled out for a second, then Glen Lake started winning games, and Kingsley all of a sudden, after losing their first four, win eight straight. I mean, this Northwest Conference has been an exciting season. How exciting was that game on Friday? Yeah, no, Kingsley, for the first half, looked pretty legit. I mean, Bola Tulip is everything people are saying is he can score from anywhere he wants to on the floor. He can shoot any, any shot he wants, and he'll probably make it. They were winning eight games in a row for a reason. You can just see right away this team had a heart. And it was tied at eight points in the in the first quarter, and they're only down by two in the second half. But I guess Glenn Lake pulled away. Um, I don't really know what they did defensively, but, I mean, Kingsley had one basket the first 13 minutes of the second half. So, clearly worked. I think I ironed it out in the story pretty well. Glenn Lake needs to win one. Kingsley needs Glenn Lake to lose one and win one against Frankfurt. So, I mean, and technically, if you if you think about it, uh, if Sutton's Bay wins out... <laughs> That's what I said, too, they have, right? They have the fewest losses in the league. Yeah, but they only have played, what, four games? or I mean, only played six games total. They have three league games this week. Ooh, okay. They have Glen Lake, Buckley, and Frankfurt. They're three and two right now, so they'd be six and two. And they would have wins over. And they would like have number beat, three and number two, beat, number one. And they've beaten Kingsley. Yeah, and I, they only and they only play all these teams once this year. I'm pretty sure because of the quarantine, they cut like one game from everybody off of Sutton's base schedule. Uh, yeah, a lot of you you did. Yeah, they were supposed to play. I mean, they had games against Glen Lake, Buckley, Frankfurt, and Leland all canceled in that two week stretch where they had the uh, team was in quarantine in in uh, late February. And if I'm no, if I'm not mistaken, what they did was whoever they played today. Who who does Suns Bay play today? Glen or tomorrow they play Glen Lake. Okay, so they were supposed to play somebody else again today. I think they're supposed to play Kingsley again today, but they canceled that game because it would have made it uneven on them playing everybody else. So. If they beat Kingsley, they become like they beat Frankfurt. Do they become conference champs? I don't know. They'll be six and two. They've got an argument. I would argue. Who knows? Uh, but that that's another interesting race. That's that is one that is still open. We'll talk about another one that is still open after our interview with Traverse City Central Junior Will Dawson and Traverse City Central Senior Ethan Vanderroost. Let's go ahead and get a listen to that now. The 
Get Around Podcast is extremely excited to welcome in Traverse City Central hockey players, Will Dawson. Hi, I'm Will Dawson. I'm an 11th grader at Traverse City Central. And Ethan Vanderroost. How's it going? I'm Ethan. I'm 12th grader at Traverse City Central. Obviously, we got a couple of awesome Trojans here. We know what type of hockey season they have had, and we're going to get into a great interview and talk about all that here in just a second. But before we do, we have to get into the Freaky Fast Five, a nod to our sponsor at Jimmy John's. I always like to ask hockey players this question because the, the long hair flow is like a culture thing. How much money does it take for you, go to, for you to go bald? To go bald? Uh, I don't know. Probably not that much. When I was younger, I always had the cannonball clip, the buzz cut going. So, I mean. But like shiny, shiny head bald. Like shiny head? Shiny head bald. Probably not that much. Probably $100. That's about it. Uh, I'd, have to, I'd have to go way more than that. My uh, One of my cousins when he was a teenager he like shaved his head like that and it grew back curly so i just i can't afford that what yeah how does that work i don't know that's, so that's... is that why hockey's mullets and not going bald yeah pretty much that's like a yeah. life-altering decision there i know that's i i don't know how much money it would take but it'd be a lot is it, is it true that a toaster strudel is really a healthy pop tart uh i don't really know i don't really eat toaster strudels so I'm not a big toaster strudel guy. I guess my brother is, but I don't. Yeah, know. I'm not. I'm not either. I'm gonna pull that game from one of your teammates. I like a good pop tart every once in a while, but I've never had a toaster to- toaster strudel. I think you guys need to open your eyes to some toaster strudels. We don't have them at our house. We don't. So, man, those are those are good. What's the quintessential color and combination for a hockey stick? Because I mean, I've seen them all on the ice, and there's just like you got orange ones, you got green ones, and blue ones. What's What's the best color combo? I don't really know. I don't really get what my dad gets me, basically. Like, I don't really care what it looks like. But I feel like to go with our colors, I think the solid, like, blacks, golds, and whites look pretty good with central colors. So Yeah, since freshman year, I've gone with a, uh, a stick that has black and gold on it. Just by coincidence. It's just a stick I like. But it's kind of worked out. Would you guys rather experience 40 straight days of daylight or 40 straight days of nighttime? Definitely 40 straight days of daylight. Daylight for sure. Yeah. You can get stuff done in the day, and if you need to sleep, you can put your little eye covers on, and you'll be all good. So. Now, do you use a sleep mask? I have before, but not normally. Not regularly? Like, for nap. I, I personally haven't. I got one. Uh, so who is who's the best passer on the team, including the coaching staff? The best passer? Yeah. I, don't know, I feel like our whole, we have a lot of great passers on our team, but uh, I, I feel like we all make the passes we need to. To but I feel like we have a lot of great passers. So yeah, I don't think we could name just one. Um, all right, yeah, then I'll, I'll put it this way: who's who's the nutbag? Who's the one who's most willing to throw themselves in front of a, a puck besides your goalies? I mean, Ethan <laughs> does. Yeah, that that'd be me. That'd Ethan, be me. Ethan's leading the team in uh, block shots for uh, non goalies, so. Uh, He's the guy that uh, throws himself in front when he's got the chance, and I feel like all of us do that. But he does it the most; like he's got the most opportunities to. So, he's yeah, a- I'd say our our entire team is pretty committed to blocking shots. Uh, that's been pretty evident this year. Uh, low shots on goal has been a big factor in the amount of games we've won this year. That's a freaky fast five, and not to our sponsor, Jimmy Johns. But we'll just go right here like this. So, where's the worst place you've ever like caught a puck where it was there wasn't equipment? Actually, this year, uh, we were playing Gaylord. It was 2-1 to one with, like, 30 seconds left. 
and the puck was in our defensive zone, so Gaylord was trying to score, and the puck got, like, pushed out into, like, the slot area, like, right between the circles, and um, I, like, laid down for it, and it caught me right in the rib, missed all of my padding, and just hit me in the rib, and so that, that left a mark. That one hurt. I was, I was laying on the ice for that one. <laughs> I think the worst part for me is uh, anywhere in the foot. I feel like you have a lot of, like, you have your skate on, but if they hit you right in the foot, it hurts, and it hurts for a while, so... I feel like the foot's probably the worst. Yeah, usually you've got some adrenaline going, but like once you get back to the bench, you really realize like, oh my gosh, that really hurt. Yeah, the foot's foot's no fun. Now, now you brought up just before a couple of the keys to why you guys had such a good season. Now you guys have had only a couple of losses this season. You guys went undefeated in the Big North Conference, which is just huge. Especially the fact that you guys got to play all your Big North Conference games comparatively to everybody else. You guys, you guys swept through everything. What I mean, besides the blo- shot shot blocking and your passing, what has been about this year has given you guys the uh, the steam that you have going into this regional final or regional playoffs this week? I feel like we like we have uh, the majority of our guys played together this year so i feel like we get to know each other and we're trusting the process and our game plan going out each game so when we trust the process trust the game plan we know the guys we're playing for each other i feel like that just leads to our success yeah uh a lot of the guys are i mean everybody's really committed to like what we're doing little things like i mean you mentioned block shots um stopping and starting instead of taking like big loops Little things like that. And then we've also got a bunch of guys that can uh, put the puck in the back of the net. Uh, so, I mean, that helps. And then Grant's been playing well behind us. Of course. I mean, if you look at those two games that you had against your rival, Traverse City West, this year, you know, the first one went out and you guys did a pretty good job. I think it was like at 5-1. to one. And then it was like, okay, you guys got to turn around and play them again. That's that's a little bit different than normal, especially with how compact this season was. What was it like having, like, back-to-back games where you're actually able to prepare for that second game after off of what you just watched. You had a weekend, and then you could go for that McCullough Cup on Monday. Yeah, I feel like it was a quick turnaround. Like, it was good for us because we came out game one. We took care of business. We won. Played a great game. And then the quick turnaround, we came back, played them again. We watched the film, and we picked on things that we could do better and then break down what they did and so we can attack their mistakes and we did that in the second game and then we came out again with a real strong game and victory yeah in a a typical season we'll play them like early december and then maybe mid-january so usually like we'll have time to prepare for what like they did in the first game like for the second game and vice versa and i think all the good things that we did in the first game they didn't really have time to prepare for what we did in the second game. So I think that really uh, helped us. Ethan, I know I've gotten some stats from you that uh, you're the first defenseman in TC Central history to reach 100 points, and the next closest guy is Andrew Fraze. I also heard you're good friends with them. Can you just speak to both of those, what it's like to be the first defenseman to score 100 points? How did you, how did, how did you get there? And Yeah, I mean, it's been I've, – I've, Grown up having Andrew as one of my idols, he's been a pretty close friend. Uh, growing up, I mean, he's mentored me in like my skating ability and things of that nature. I don't know; it's it's a huge, huge deal to me. Beginning of the season, like I didn't even realize how close I was, and then like that was like my main goal for the season to get there. 
And uh, I'm, I'm appreciative of having Andrew at, he had 95 points in his career. And having Andrew like up there, it kind of pushed me um, to beat him. I So... Now I, I wasn't quite sure. I think I wasn't sure what you were at when you started, but I did. I got I got the the sheet that said it was your hundredth point. Did you get it on the assist or did you get it on the goal that you had this weekend? I got it on the goal. So it was like there was like eighteen seconds left in the game, and Alpina was in our zone, and they had pulled their goalie, and we were on the penalty kill. So I mean, I could just ice it if I wanted to, and they happened to dump the puck in or something, and I got the puck and turned around and just fired it. What was that selling like? I mean, it's the end of the game, empty net. I mean, it's your hundredth point, right? Right, right before it, I went into the boards, and a player's stick got lodged in the boards, and I was going into the boards, and I, it hit me in the neck, and so all my like weight was going into the stick, and I've got like a mark there, and so honestly, I was gasping for air when it happened. <laughs> um, I was in a little bit of pain, so it was, it was just like it was emotional because like i've been working towards that and then also it was just i was in pain so i mean it was it was good was it was it all worth it (laughs) it was completely worth it for sure i i was tempted to skate off the ice but i was like no if i gotta stay out here talk a little bit ethan about kind of how far i'm in hockey i mean you got in peewees right yep yeah so how far did you come from that obviously so I played, so squirt double A hockey, I played on the travel team, and then I was cut for two years. So I played Pee Wee House, and uh, my dad was my coach for two years, and I don't know, it was it was a lot of fuel to the fire to get, get better and really work on my game. And then um, Coach Matucci, who coaches for the reps, took me uh, Bantam A and Bantam double A year, so that was seventh and eighth grade. That was really big. I played center. Um, I was a third-line center with uh, a couple of the guys around here that don't go to the school. And that was huge. And then once I got to high school, I was asked to switch to defense because all the forward spots were pretty much taken. And, I mean, honestly, it's one of the the best things to come out of my hockey career. You guys had that regional, no, that state quarterfinal against – Marquette last year in Gaylord and that ended your postseason what are you looking to build off of that run and what you learned um and apply it to this year yeah we're looking forward to uh getting a rematch at that guy those guys we want to play them in the quarterfinals we want to show them what Traverse City is about and how we could uh take it to them that's who we're targeted to beat and we want to beat them and uh take it to the final four so I gotta think that there's a lot that Marquette and Calumet, you know, they had a chance. Both of them were going down the state last spring, and they didn't get to prove anything because of the COVID season got canceled. Are you thinking about that at all? That there's probably a lot of teams that want revenge and wanted that chance down to Plymouth. Yeah, I feel like that's all. A lot of teams' goals is uh, that they want to go to Plymouth. Like that's one of our goals is to make it to the Final Four. And uh, I feel like with this COVID, I feel like. Uh, yeah, I feel like there's going to be teams that are hungry and want revenge because some of their seasons got cut short last year, like Marquette and uh, Calumet. So uh, I feel like um, the revenge, and it's going to be a good, tough game. We're both hungry. We're both going to want it. So Yeah, so, Ethan, I know we kind of talked about this right before the podcast started, but I want you to kind of explain this to our viewers. 
we, we, we thought about this. You know, the playoffs start for hockey today. You guys have it on Wednesday. But you guys have to create your own sort of bubble if you want to compete deep into the playoffs. We've seen people at your school, I mean, basketball players, everything just – just if you're sitting behind a kid at class, you can be taken out of the – out of the game for at least 10 days. What have you guys had to do at Traverse City Central because you're taking this run so seriously? Yeah, so um, a majority of our players uh, have been staying home from school uh, just so that we can't be contact traced because that would take us out for 10 days. And uh, with it being so close to the playoff season, I mean, it starts today. Our playoff run will start Wednesday. It's just – it just can't happen. You can't leave it up to uh, risk. Now, how has the school, I guess, responded to that? Are, are they all? Is that how the athletic program has kind of operated in this time, anyways? Have you guys kind of had that option, or is it a special case that you guys are able to kind of stay home and everybody else has to be in person? Yeah, we've had that option. I, some of the football players, or most of the football players, did it back in the fall, and then yeah, we've we've had the option. Uh, the teachers are relatively supportive. Um, I mean, it's it's tough on them because there's there's people that are there's like a small percentage of players that are out of their classes and that makes it difficult because then they have to do um stuff differently but they've been they've been supportive they've sent work and um we've all been trying to keep up uh, what are your guys uh superstitions your ethan's is about socks superstitions i don't really have any superstitions really i mean don't you I- sleep with your stick no, okay, yeah, I take my stick when we're on away games. I take it up on the bus with me and put it in the seat next to me. Other than that, I really don't really have any other superstitions. I kind of, like, flow, go with the flow warm-ups. I take my stick, like, black or white, depending on the game or how I played the previous game, so I don't really have any. I've got a couple. Um, I, I wear the same socks until we lose, and then – after that, I change them. I don't wash them or anything. Uh, it's kind of gross, but it's uh, it's one of my superstitions. I also wear the same tie. I don't untie it if we lose. Just little stuff like that. Kind of just like keep, right, kind of right keep skate goes on first. Yeah, right skate goes on first every single time. And so. you're always thinking of these before games. Every it's second nature at this point, but yeah. Now, so, so, Will, what you're saying is that, like, at least for a little bit of time, you kind of treat your stick like a person. So, yeah, like, for away games, when we're uh, going on the bus, I put the stick, yeah, with me on the bus. And uh, just the starting stick, not the backup. Just, yeah, yeah, just the starting. Do you, do you, like, hydrate your stick? Do you, like, work it, give, a, give it a massage, make sure the, the, the groove and the bend is just the way you want it? No, but I did name it. I named it Vanessa, so... Uh, She's Vanessa. been pretty good to me okay. this year. So. <laughs> Do you have a name for your stick, Ethan? Uh, no, I don't. I go th- I go through too many of them. Now, do you now when you do you guys have just like say six of the exact same stick? I started the year with like five, and I'm down to two. So, but that lasted me like all fall, and then all of this year because so I don't really go as through many sticks as like. Our heavy defensemen like Ethan, my brother, they all go through quite more sticks than I do. So yeah, I, I started the season. I had I had three sticks, broke all three of those, and then got another, broke that one. So I'm, I think I'm at four this season that I've broken. But right now, right now I have three sticks. 
Okay, so speaking of your, speaking of your brother Owen and breaking things, I was told that I had to ask how he broke his wrist last summer. Okay, so uh, my dad got a moped from one of his buddies last summer, and uh, it was broken down, so he got it fixed up and going again. So Owen being Owen, he uh, puts on a baseball helmet, starts ripping around the moped, and then all of a sudden he's starting to jump the uh, the jump the ditch in our driveway. They're like uh, on the moped, and uh, he comes buzzing down on the moped, getting the max speed of 25 or whatever it was, and hit the ditch, jumped, flew in the air, and landed and fell on his wrist, and he uh, fractured it. So, What's his, what was the CC of the moped? Is it like a 50 or a... I don't even know. It's an old Honda Spree. It's like real old. It, so we it, had to get it, all it, new parts for it and stuff. It was like the summer project for my dad and Owen. He's just the kid that will do anything, basically. Like, he likes to push the buttons, so. Now, speaking of pushing buttons, what's the best way to get under Coach Given's skin? Oh, jeez. It doesn't have to be an intentional, either. You know, if it's, oh, you're not <laughs> hustling at practice or something, what's the best way to get under his skin? I feel like the best way to get under his skin is just absolutely do terrible passing. Yeah, I would I would say miss a couple passes and you'll get a talking to. Just throw, sure. some, just throw some grenades to your teammates, just uncatchable passes. I feel like yeah, you're you're under his skin already. So he was the one who told me to ask the who's the best passer on the team, and he said if you don't say him, then you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's him. He, yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> You, I know, obviously, Ethan, you joined, like, this 100-point club. There's been a few of you guys on this team. Obviously, that first line has just been pouring out points this year. What's the chemistry like on that, that top couple of lines, and how, how have you guys, like, been able to do what you have? There's, there's been a, an, an incredible amount of goals from you guys this season, in such a short, especially in such a shortened season. So I feel like uh, with the top lines, I feel like I've played with Carson since day one. Like, we've always played together since our first days of hockey. And uh, I played with Hunter my Bantam double-A year. So I felt like we had the chemistry going from uh, up front. And, uh, yeah, we just played together our whole life. And uh, we're trusting each other. We're making the right plays. And when you trust your teammates, then it points will come. The goals will come. It just comes with trust and just trust the process. I mean, I played with Carson since freshman year, and then Will since my sophomore year, his freshman year. So we've we've built the the chemistry, and we know how each other plays. And through that, we can we can really maximize the the goal output. Yeah, that would have been real special if Ethan would have got it with Carson and I. Yeah, I was I was two points off. That was a little bit of a tough one. Yeah, that would have been real sweet. That honestly, I mean. To the two of you have it, but if three of you guys would have hit 100 career points in the same game, I think that would have been like a lottery strike, right? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Basically. Okay, so which, uh, which of your teammates said, Coach, I do some really dumb stuff, but I'm good at it, so I never get hurt? That sounds like a quote from my brother, Owen. I was going to say Owen. That sounds like uh, something he'll do, and then, uh, yeah, he's a crazy kid like that, and that sounds something he would do or say. And then what is the 80-20 rule? Uh, so the 80-20 rule, um, so it refers to, uh, like, the goals that will be scored in the season. So 20% of the team will score 80% of the goals for our team. 
Uh, so, I mean, 20% of our 19 skaters is about two to three guys. And that's, that's pretty much what it's shaped out to be. And I, that uh, goes in with everything else is like, if you're not the goal scorer, but you still have a role on the team, like every role is important and you got to find your role to make the best uh, output for the team and give us the team the best games we can play the upcoming playoffs and through the whole year is if you find your role and stick to it and do it well then the whole if everyone does their role well then the whole team will do really well talking about uh you know playing your roles having grant now you know he's he's gotten a lot more experience in net since his freshman year when we had him on and he he's done a lot more how how much has his increase in skill helped you guys on the back end it's it's really instrumental uh to win games especially you kind of have peace of mind uh when maybe a shot gets through or something like that um especially on like odd man rushes so like two on ones like i can trust when i take the pass that grant will stop the shot if that's what it comes to um it's just it's just a nice like reminder that we have someone working hard behind us and like we're we're able to um run run our defense how we want to knowing that he's a big part of that now what's your uh, what's your guys's favorite like piece of hockey lingo i know there's plenty of it what's your favorite one to say your favorite like hockeyism favorite lingo i mean going back with the hair thing i like the uh, lingo salad like oh you got some nice lettuce you got some nice i was gonna salad. say lettuce yeah that's a good one good head of lettuce so. okay i love it uh so it's ncaa tournament time uh, put you guys in the spot and say which one do you think is going to go farther, Michigan or Michigan State? Michigan. I, I kind of figured Ethan would say that. Easy. For yeah, wait, Michigan State didn't make the tournament though. Oh, they did. Yeah, they did. They're, yeah, they're in the playoffs. Yeah, they got. They're, they're an eleven seed playing game. Oh yeah, Michigan's going to go farther in the basketball. So yeah. Number one in the East, got to take them. Yeah. So so Ethan, you're going to Michigan. I am engineering, right? Yep. So I was told I should also ask the story about when you were in squirts and you tried to sharpen your own skates. Oh, my goodness. All right. So growing up, I had watched my dad uh, stone my skates. And um, I was like, huh, you know what? My skates are a little dull. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help my dad out. He's probably busy right now. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sharpen my own skates. And so I took the stone and... Um, like typically you just run it along the edge or like the side of the blade um, to get rid of any nicks. But uh, I unknowingly um, took it to my entire skate, like all edges. So my skate was basically like a round piece of steel. And so I was in squirts and I stepped out on the ice and I stood in front of the goal, barely standing, like my entire legs were shaking because I could not stand up or skate. And I was just standing in front of the goalie because I couldn't move. And I thought maybe I would just stand there. So that was that was enjoyable. Are you going to play club hockey? And then, Will, you're moving on next year. You're going to be playing junior hockey in Ontario, correct? Yeah, I am. I'm playing for Lindsay in Ontario, so it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing club hockey at Michigan. How does moving out of juniors work? Do you, will you, like, finish high school remotely then, or, or how does that all kind of work out? So I'm going to do uh, online school through Central. So I'm going to do my, like, uh, like take online, but do, like, Central courses. 
Like I can either have the option to do it through the summer and finish it, graduate early, or I could just do it during the hockey season. So yeah, I'm going through Central so I can still graduate my class and still walk with everybody in my class. So, so you're going to do it over the course of the year and not just try to get it all done before you uh, go out there? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that really – I know it's kind of crazy because that's normal, – normally that would seem like, oh, man, that's so much different. But it's like you guys are already doing virtual school and just playing hockey right now. It's probably not going to be that much of a different, like, feel for you except for the competition, I guess, right? Yeah. That, other than that, it's going to be – the competition is going to be better, but the school is going to be fine because I did this last year for we did online, and right now we're on online and everything's good. So yeah. So Will, how much do you go over and play on the rink at Ethan's house? I had my own rink this year and yeah. last year, so I didn't really come over much. I've been over there a few times, and uh, yeah, his rink's it's beautiful. Yeah, we, we try to have the boys over as much as possible. This year's been a little tough because of COVID. Um, and then, like, last year, I think I had everybody over, like, once or twice. So, Are you, are you guys in, like, a friendly competition to see who has the sickest rink? No, not really. Not really, no. I mean, every every outdoor rink's uh, got its own perfections and uh, things that make it amazing. So, I mean, they're all beautiful. How much work goes into that? Uh, ours? A lot. I mean, our setup process takes about two days, like two full days of like me and my brothers and dad working. And then my my dad invested in a Zamboni this year. So that's been very nice. It's like a little Zamboni that hooks to our tractor. And he just drives around on the ice. That's really cool. So has like has the weather's been pretty warm over the last week. Have you guys had issues with trying to keep like the ice? Yeah, mine's done. Mine melted. Ours is no good. We started taking down the boards and stuff. So, yeah, ours is pretty close to done too. We got to skate in this morning because it was cold last night, but we're pretty close. How, how depressing is it to see it kind of just like fall apart as the season goes? Yeah, that's the worst part, part of winter is seeing the outdoor ranks because that's where I feel like you get close with all the guys and everyone, and feel like that's a huge part of hockey and like chemistry and like bonding with the team and when that goes it's like oh then you know hockey season's coming to an end and that's all gets emotional yeah it's tough too because our season started late and so i mean when our season starts it's usually like the start of rink season or pretty close to it and since the season like our hockey season's been so short it feels like our like the outdoor rink should be up for longer because we have longer of a season, but it's tough. But it was nice over like our entire quarantine too. Alrighty, guys. Well, Will and Ethan, thank you guys so much for joining us here at the Get Around. Will for his second time, Ethan for the first time. You guys were awesome today. We wish you the best of luck in regionals and the Trojans um, in their playoff run. Yeah, sweet. Thanks for having us. It was a blast. Couldn't ask anything better to do. So it was fun. Yeah, thank you very much. Another huge thank you to Will and Ethan for joining us here at the Get Around. We've had Traverse City Central Trojans on here quite a few times. It's always a lot of fun to have those hockey players uh, join us, especially in the midst of such a good season. Um, that interview sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's is freak about fresh meat, bread, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's, freak yeah. That's going to put us into our Chatter That Matters section that 
we have a couple things to talk about. We're going to preview a, thing, a few things that happened this week. Before we get into that, I want to just kind of toss out there one more conference championship that we didn't forget, but we did omit in the first part, and that was the Greater Northwest High School Bowling Conference Championships. Trevor City West, both the boys and the girls, won the big school division, and Trevor City Christian, both the boys and the girls, won the small school division. I know that, uh, was it Nicole Phillips? One once again. So we got another Phillips sister who is just tearing up the bowling alleys at Traverse City West. So we'll see if she follows in her sister's footsteps going out to state finals, hopefully finishing in the top three, much like her sister did. But it looks like she's the top bowler coming out of the GNHSBC. Uh, so that she won the conference championship as well. So congratulations to her. I just wanted to bring that up because I noticed another one's coming in the family. And just like other sports, sometimes they just, they're good at what they do. Right. So we got a couple things to preview this week in the Chatter That Matters segment, and we're going to start off with a basketball game that I think we've been kind of looking forward to on this podcast for a while. We, uh, you know, with the original game, we got flip-flopped. It was supposed to be, this game coming up was supposed to be at Elk Rapids. We're talking about the Charlevoix-Elk Rapids boys basketball game. Right now, these two teams sit atop of the Lake Michigan Conference. Charlevoix beat Elk Rapids in a very good, very tight game about two weeks ago to take control of the Lake Michigan, but the final game of the season this Friday is between these two teams, and it will be at Charlevoix. I mean, I've seen both of these teams play, and I know what they're both capable of, and I'm, like, super excited to see uh, this final game of the year. If Charlevoix loses, they will have a share of the conference title with Elk Rapids. If Charlevoix wins, they will have it all alone by themselves. Fellas, I know... I, let's start with a pick, and then we can break it down a little bit why we think so. Who do we think takes this game this weekend bef- in the final regular season and takes the Lake Michigan Conference? I'm going to go with Elk Rapids. I'm going to go with the ball brothers, just the ball brothers at uh, Elk Rapids. You know, whenever a head coaches call and harp on them, and they're worth every point that they give. And I Oh, so just so you guys know, and I want everybody else to think this because he, he giggled at it. Uh, when I talked to Kevin Ball this past week, um, I told him my thoughts that he looks like Greg Gard. Wisconsin's head basketball coach, um, and I can't unsee it after seeing it. So, if anybody has a chance to look it up and they have a side by side picture of Kevin Ball, I think you guys will you guys will humor me. Uh, James, who do you got? Charlevoix, Elk Rapids. Um, <clears throat> I think it's going to be that last game when they played each other. Uh, you know, Charlevoix pulled that game out, and and Evan Solomon was almost a non factor in that game because of an injury he was playing with. So with a healthy Evan Solomon, I gotta think that that Charlevoix is the favorite. But man, I don't think I can write off Elk Rapids either. The they gotta Elk Rapids has to be looking at that game and what they did in the fourth quarter to erase that huge deficit that they were in and turn that into a five point lead in about five minutes uh, with a, just a ridiculous full court press. I mean, and Spencer Ball maybe like the best on ball defender I've seen this season. I mean, he just is aggressive and in your face and, you know, isn't going to give you time to sit there and make easy decisions. He's going to make you rush and do things that you're not comfortable with defensively. Yeah, yeah see, Spencer Ball is one of the kids who I didn't get to see when I saw Elk Rapids play earlier in the year because he was, he was off for one of the games. But I saw him without him, and they were already a tenaciously defensive team and incredibly skilled. Uh, with their hands, and like you said, I'm sure they'll come out with that full-court press to start the game. Uh, I know that Elk Rapids really wants this. I mean, you see what Mason Travis and Preston Ball, they, they've been able to do this year on the scoring front. 
just I, I there's on days and off days. If Elk Rapids is on, I give them a really really good shot. But after seeing, you know, Evan Solomon, Jacob Mueller, those two are kind of a mismatch in this area right now. I mean, Evan Solomon's a, what a six foot two maybe a six foot two guard who's faster than most people on the court. But the one thing I'll tell you is I'm still not sure that he is healthy. I when I when I talked to him after the game that I saw with them last week. I said, oh, it feels like it looks like you got your spring back in your stuff. And he said, adrenaline does a lot for in- in- injuries, you know. You know, in, in a game, it, adrenaline does a lot for injuries. And, you know, it's not that he's, you know, he said he's not back at 100%, but he's dealing with a knee and ankle issue. He's got a little bit of a, a leg thing. But nonetheless, I mean, I think he, he put up like 23 points in that game. And with Jacob Mueller as big as he is, Elk Rapids doesn't really have anybody to match up against that. You're the only person who saw this game before, so you know that they were able to overcome that type of mismatch and make it a game. Unless the... Tides are turned in Elk Rapids' favor very early in this game. Like you said, they come out with a full court press and they take that fifteen to two lead, which is very easy in high school basketball. You see it happen all the time, and then teams will come back and it'll be a better game. But if Elk Rapids can take that 15 to, 15 to two lead and keep running with Preston and Mason and, and do that, I think they win the game. But I, I'm I'm gonna pick Charlevoix based on the the mismatch of J, Jacob Mueller because I think that he really you saw what they just did to Boyne City and Aiden Brem, right? Yeah, completely held him scoreless. Yeah. Right? Like, literally, held Aiden Brent scoreless, which I I was like, oh, man, I'm so excited for this. I mean, Jacob Mueller only had, like, nine points, yeah. so it was just a battle. Yeah, we haven't seen anybody hold Brent scoreless this season. No, so. Brent's usually close to, like, a triple-double. You know, he's getting, like, seven assists, 12 rebounds, 16 points. Like, so definitely, um, I, I think Charlevoix is something to uh, watch out for, actually, not just here at the end of the season, but into the playoffs as well. So that's one that we're really looking forward to. Uh, the rest of the week, we just talked to... Ethan and Will from Traverse City Central, and the hockey regionals start this week, along with wrestling districts. Obviously, wrestling team districts, those go Wednesday and Thursday. Those shake out rather quickly. Yeah, we, I mean, we know who the top wrestling teams are in the area, right? We, we know who we expect to advance past team districts. We're looking at Traverse City Central. We're looking at Gaylord. We're looking at Grayling. But yeah, but at, at last year was a, a spectacular run for Kingsley, but... I'm going to talk about hockey a little bit. Yeah, Andrew's supposed to be at the Petoskey game tonight. And then if Petoskey wins, they'll play, what, Freeland on Wednesday. And then Traverse City Central has Manistee, Manistee on Wednesday. And then, you know, the Bay Reps and Traverse City West both have to go down to Rockford this week for regionals. Let's preview those games a little bit. You, you guys have seen a lot of hockey this year. What are we looking for out of the playoffs, out of our local teams? I don't know. I'm kind of just interested to see how the TC area teams play against the Grand Rapids schools and play against the Detroit schools, at least this week, the Grand Rapids area schools. I mean, we already saw the Bay Rapids play against Byron Center. Um, they obviously lost that game, but it wasn't a bad game. I mean, I, I really think Traverse City West or Traverse City Central could just easily give them a run at their money. I mean, it wasn't a blowout when they lost to them, and they're, what, number one team in the state right now? So... That's what I, that's what the top storyline for me is this, for the hockey season. I mean, we had we had three really really good hockey schools in Traverse City. We got that of the question of who is the best Traverse City hockey team. That's where the Rockford matchups kind of satisfy that for me, I guess. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see going down and playing the Grand Rapids teams. Um, I mean, you know, we know West, you know, had uh, that game against Rockford, which was maybe one of the season where they Rockford was ranked number five at the time, and they came up here and took it to them. And then a couple weeks later, we see West against TC Central, and they don't look at all like that team. So it'll be interesting to see which team, which TC West team comes out against Grand Rapids Northview, and then if they move on, Kennewa Hills, and then if they move on, maybe Rockford or the Reps. So it's not an easy 
road for West, for sure. The reps have to get through Grand Haven in the first round, and then Rockford, who's a good team in the next round, and then a potential matchup with either the Grand Rapids teams or, or TC West. So that's a nice competitive regional there. In Division Three, you know, you've got uh, Gaylord going to a completely different regional than uh, Cadillac, which is not usually the case. They're usually almost in the same regional. But uh, Gaylord plays Sheboygan right off the bat, and then uh, would have St. Marie, Alpena, or Tawas in the final after that. Yeah, we'll. I mean, it, it's it's interesting to see, you know, where that where that goes. Being up in Division Two this year is also an unusual thing. They're all, always playing in Division Three regionals, um, so they're up in the same regional as Traverse City Central. Yeah, so that that's that's who we'll be seeing tonight. And I mean, they just beat West last week, so we know Petoskey has some skill. Uh, they they beat West three to one. I know we haven't, like you said, we haven't seen the best the best from West in the last couple of weeks um, here at the end of the season. But, uh, I mean, that, that still doesn't mean Petoskey's no slouch there if, you, if you're coming and beating out Traverse City West, especially once again, they're playing Division Three normally. Traverse City West is playing Division One, So, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see exactly where we go. I think, I mean, I have to put it that, our, you know, the Trojans, I think the Trojans have the best shot, you know, with them being in Division Two, and just exactly how explosive they've been this year, the combination of extremely high amounts of goals and shots. And I, I think the most goals that they've led up this season was what they just did this past weekend, which they had a five, five to three loss. Other than that, they only let up three goals one time. And that's when they lost to Travis C. St. Francis, the rest is zero, two, one, one, two, zero, zero, one, two, one, one. These guys are not letting anything in. So you heard from Will, you heard from Ethan, the shot blocking, they're passing. I'm, I'm looking at Traverse City Central to make a really good run here, especially, you know, it sounds like they're taking it seriously and shouldn't be affected by any COVID stuff. Yeah. I think of all the, of all the regional brackets have, I think be the most uh, manageable, you know, I guess. Um, you know, they'll be prohibitive favorites against Banistee on Wednesday. You know, I'll be surprised if that game isn't an 8 to nothing or 9 to one type of game. And then, you know, and then they'll get the winner of the upper half of that bracket, which is Petoskey, Swan Valley, and Freeland. Um, and and those, those are all pretty evenly matched teams. And I, but I think that Traverse City Central would be the favorite. Yeah. Any of them as well. I mean, they beat Petoskey twice in the regular season, and I think only one of them was close. So, I, I think that they've got the the best avenue. Plus, they're at home. They only they only play Petoskey once a season, seven to two. Okay, they yeah, only got canceled because of COVID. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put my money on the Trojans so far. Wrestling, like I said, um, there's a few there's a few teams that we will watch out for. We pretty much start and end with Gaylord. Yeah, right. Start and end with Gaylord. Gaylord, Kingsley, and then maybe TC Central. I think TC Central is a pretty good shot. They did a good job in the Big North Conference this year. Yeah, uh, literally with the exception of Gaylord. <laughs> so, um, I think that I think once again I think have a good shot. But that'll uh, that'll wrap up our chatter that matters section. That's sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spent six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a thirty second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's, freaky yeah. That leaves us with one more segment. We are not going to have a trifecta today, so what we're going to do is end the show by putting another athlete into the get-around Hall of Fame. We have three more great candidates to get into the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. I think uh, I'm going to go first. We had last week's guest, Leland's Olivia Lowe. We talked about it. We kind of had her on as like a preview of what might happen, but she did. She hit 
1,000 points, and 1,000 rebounds. She got her 1,000th career rebound, becoming the 27th or 28th girl in state history to do that third Northwest Conference history. What they call it, like a, double, like a super double-double or something like that. Very impressive uh, from a Division Four girl. So what about you guys? Who are you putting up? I'll, I'll okay. throw Shelby Cade from Buckley in there. Um, you know, she, they didn't have a girls' basketball team this year because of uh, COVID restrictions and stuff. So she went over and played for the boys' team. And uh, still started, played a lot, was a regular contributor for them, probably in the vicinity of 8 to 10 points a game, I would, I would say, for them. I think so, too. Boys team. And, uh, and then uh, this week, she scores her 1,000th career point. I mean, that's, uh, that's just a pretty impressive to do in normal times, but then to do it in, in her circumstances, uh, it makes it even more notable. Yeah, and especially it took her... Uh, it's not like she was super close. I mean, it was obviously attainable. And I remember I spoke spoke to her at the beginning of the season. She's like, yeah, that's one of the things she wanted to do. Um, so congratulations, Shelby, for uh, reaching that milestone. What about you, Andrew? Yeah, I'm going to go with Ethan Vanderus, first defenseman from West. Uh, excuse me, first def- our podcast, the first defenseman from Central to score 100 points, and did it in that game against Alpena last week. So yeah, I think we talked about that enough in our interview. So yeah, so we got. We got some big milestones here. We're going to put up for a vote. I'm going to vote for Olivia Lowe. I got 1,000 and 1,000. I think it's a, uh, I think it's a big feat. What do you about you, James? I'll, I'll vote for Shelby Cade. Doing it on the boys' team. And what about you, Andrew? Oh boy, I'm just going to vote for Ethan and uh, put everyone in. And yeah, I mean, if, if we're not, I, I, I know I'm we're not going to change, we're not going to change our votes. So I mean, that's all. That's three career milestones. They're, they're, everybody deserves it, right? That, that's, some, that's some big numbers. Shelby getting with the boys, the first defenseman ever, and then 1,000 and 1,000. I mean, those, that's three pretty big feats right there. So congratulations to all three of our nominations. Shelby Cade from Buckley, Olivia Lowe from Leland, and Ethan Vanderroost from Traverse City Central. All seniors reaching big milestones in their final season. So congratulations to those guys. We have one little last thing to do before we get out of here, and that is to get the people fed with some free Jimmy Johns. As always, if you like, share, retweet, comment, Interact with this episode on social media. We will enter you into a drawing to win two free Jimmy John's subs. This week's winner is Leland's Megan Munoz. Thank you so much for interacting with us. We will be shooting a DM out your way so we can get your address and send out those coupons. Interact with this week's episode, and we will do the same for you. That's it for episode 167. It's probably a long one, but we appreciate you for sticking around. We'll be back here for episode 168 next week. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at TCRE Sports, on Instagram as well at TCRE Sports, individually at Jake Adnett, at James Cook 14, and at by Andrew R. For all of the updates from this week, we will be live tweeting the games that we are at. We will be giving updates as much as possible. It is going to be a busy one. We have Central West basketball, boys and girls tomorrow. We know that the conference and everything is already wrapped up, but make sure that you stick out for the coverage on that, and we will be excited to see what happens the rest of the week, how these conferences shake out, and how regionals start to play. We will see you next week with a full basketball district preview for episode 168. As we get started, we will see you then.